Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And if you missed the last two segments of the show, uh, this is. Absolutely the time you need to make sure you are all teed up and ready to get the podcast. It will come out later today uh, about our conversation uh, with a student from the Other Side Academy. Again, that is a place for people who have been in and out of the criminal justice system uh, to learn accountability and integrity and a host of real-life work skills. Uh, They do it in an environment that is open. It is community-led, meaning the students lead. There's no guns. There's no security guards. There's no cameras. Uh, they do it on the honor system. They do it on integrity. It's a, it's the most extraordinary place you will ever go. And yesterday, uh, I was just captivated by a photo that had one of the students at the Other Side Academy, Leticia Ledesma, who had been arrested over 40 times uh, before she got to the Other Side Academy. And she is now in a place where she is teaching a class. I think, oh, that's nice. She's teaching a class to other former criminals and cons. No, she was teaching a class to 30 South Salt Lake Police Department officers. Think about that one again. Uh, it's ama- it's an amazing thing. So you want to go back and listen. We had both uh, Leticia and uh, Lieutenant Anderson from South Salt Lake PD uh, on the line with us. And it was just a great conversation. And it really goes to this issue of we got to quit engaging in the fake fights uh, so that we can get to the real solutions. And the Other Side Academy has shown that don't need a big government program, don't need a federal program, don't need a state program. Uh, They are self-funding. They are the number one customer service uh, moving company in in Salt Lake. Uh, They have a boutique. They've done food trucks. Uh, They have a building company, a uh, maintenance company. Uh, So they learn the skills so they provide for themselves. And they were teaching uh, our police officers about building a culture of integrity and accountability. How awesome is that? So I encourage you to go pick up the podcast today. Uh, two great segments uh, with two extraordinary individuals and some great organizations, both in our South Salt Lake Police Department and our friends at the Other Side Academy. Uh, that is a model that should be exported around the country. We're, we're standing by. We're waiting to hear uh, and expecting to hear within the next little while from President Joe Biden, who's expected to talk about 
some violent crime uh, increases around the country, especially in some big cities. What needs to be done there? He'll talk about uh, guns and crime uh, and our police departments and law enforcement. And I I just wish the president uh, would have hopped a flight here to Salt Lake City first. I think it might have changed his view in terms of how do we actually change behavior and how do we actually move it forward in a significant way. Uh, so while we're waiting to see when the president will actually make that address, let's tee that up just a little bit. Uh, in a press conference yesterday, Press Secretary Jan Psaki spoke about the rise in crime uh, and how President Biden is hoping uh, to address that in the message he'll have for the nation today. There's been actually a rise in crime over the last five years, but really the last 18 months. Uh, And so it's an opportunity for the president to speak to what he's going to do to help address that. And as we've seen around the country, it is a concern of many Americans, uh, Republicans, but also Democrats, too, not necessarily through a partisan lens. It was something that president felt it was appropriate to speak to and tell the American people what he's doing to help address. I want to continue with uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Uh, again, this was from her press conference yesterday, really teeing up what we expect to hear from President Biden today. Uh, again, there's been such a rise in crime, uh, rise in violent violent crime in particular, gun violence in uh, specifically, uh, and how he's going to uh, talk about that to the country. It is an area where the president feels a lot, a great deal of the crime we're seeing as a result of gun violence. I ex- you can expect he'll speak to that. Uh, and his commitment to continuing to address gun violence and gun safety uh, in the country. Uh, And certainly uh, a long time has passed uh, since the uh, crime bill in 94. He's spoken himself to uh, differences, things he would stand by, things he would might do differently. Uh, But I wouldn't see this as a response to that as much as a uh, conveying to the American people what he's going to do now uh, to help address uh, the rising crime we've seen over the last year and a half. And that's that's important. I do think it. Uh, uh, Jen Psaki was talking about uh, what then Senator Biden had done uh, back in Congress and some of the things that were enacted uh, back there in the 90s uh, that uh, ended up sending a lot of uh, people to jail, in particular minorities uh, and in the uh, black neighborhoods in particular uh, around the country. And uh, so she was t- trying to address that just a little bit in terms of uh, where this is, and this really isn't a response from the president to that, uh, but more important, a look at where we are and where we need to go. Uh, I think it's so important that we reject the idea, again, whether that's around Second Amendment rights, whether it's around criminal justice reform, whether it's about defunding or supporting our police departments and our, our great men and women who are in harm's way every day, making split-second decisions. Uh, where reforms are needed, awesome, let's make that happen. And then we also need to figure out why is all of this happening? Uh, why is there an increase in violent crime? Uh, surely it's not just the access uh, to guns. Uh, part of it, for sure. Uh, can we talk about red flag laws? Absolutely. And we'll actually do that from both the federal and the state level. The Supreme Court's ruled on some of those red flag laws earlier this week. We'll break that down tomorrow. And so there are many things that we need to get to. I, I want to go back just a little bit uh, to a speech that uh, President Biden gave back in April uh, after a string of, of mass shootings. Uh, the president then delivered remarks on how we can have efforts to curb gun violence uh, and do it in a way that is constitutional. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment... No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. 
You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call it freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Uh, and then the president went on in that same speech uh, to talk about where he believes we are as it relates to gun violence. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic, and it's an international embarrassment. So is it an epidemic? Uh, I think there are a lot of things that point that it is, that we do have some problems there. But there are solutions to be had that span the political divide, to be sure, if we will just reject the false choice that so many of our politicians are putting forward when it comes to these issues. We're going to stay with the conversation here just a little bit longer when we come back right here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 